They say that money can't buy happiness, but that's untrue. Go to patreon.com slash bmfcast and get your slice of the good life. This week on the BAMFCAST, watch it weep, you furry fucker. One rat. One rat. All right, and welcome to the BAMFCAST. Hey, hey BAMFCAST. Bam Episode 439. Is that the week number? No. Oh. No. Uh, so I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And what we do each and every episode of this year Banffcast is we go in and watch ourselves a quote-unquote bad movie, come in here and talk about it for the first half, and then we rate them. Good bad movies, enjoyable bad movies. They get one to five jocks and robot jocks. Hey, yeah. hey, That's fun. Hey, Yay. However, there are bad, bad movies. It's a stay away. They get a negative sliding scale. What if I bags, as in giant bags of trash? Boo! Boo! In which they belong. Get out. Sack them. Yep. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it's Halloween, so that it's means it's spooky it's month. Spooky month. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, we started out with a movie that's arguably spooky. I don't know. It's a monster movie. Sure. Is we, it? We watched 1983's Of Unknown Origin. That's a, the name of the movie. Which is a terrible fucking title for this movie. It makes uh, you think it's about aliens. You know what? This movie was not in any way whatsoever what I was expecting from Ooh. a title like Of Unknown Origin. No. No. Because uh, it's about it's about Peter Weller and a rat. <laughs> yeah. As, yep. as you do. Um, plot summary, because we've always done that. I, yeah, whatever. I'll read it. <laughs> a man who recently completed renovating a townhouse becomes obsessed with a rat infestation until it becomes an interspecies duel. Yes, this movie is RoboCop versus Rizzo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, infestation is not the right word, though, because eh. that would lead you to believe there are a lot of rats, and there's mm, one yes. mm-hmm. singular rat. One singular, singular rat. <laughs> <laughs> no idea why I did that. All right. I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's get the, the plot, the not plot, the uh, cast, the, the cast alums. stuff out of the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Director. George P. Cosmatos. Yeah. Banffcast alum of Cobra mm-hmm. and Leviathan. Leviathan. Can yes. I take a quick aside? You can. Shout Factory releasing uh, Cobra on yeah. Blu-ray February 2019. Right. All right. That's, so that's a good thing. They, they have a deal with the <laughs> Cosmatos estate. <laughs> uh, apparently. Uh, writer was Brian Taggart, who did Wanted, Dead or Alive. Mm-hmm. Well, a man. Rucker-Howard joint. It was. Yes. Uh, Peter Weller, of course. Of Leviathan, Buckaroo Banzai, Shakedown, yeah. Lawrence Dane of Rolling Vengeance, mm-hmm. Kenneth Welsh of Bailey's Billions. <laughs> I cannot tell you anything about Bailey's Billions. Neither can I, because I never saw yeah, it. Yeah, you were not here for that? You should have been here. All I remember is... Uh, was that a monkey movie? Tim, no, no, that was dog, a, it uh, was a John dog. John Lovitz was a dog. It was a dogist movie. Uh, and I remember, I believe, Jennifer Tilly and... and um, Tim, Tim Curry. Curry got paid by the word, yeah. apparently. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I yeah. remember that one now. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, and lastly, Shannon Tweed of Hot Dog the Movie, Meatballs 3, and Steel Justice. Introducing Shannon Tweed. Yes. yes. The, her first... Hello, ma'am. Her first movie appearance. Yes. Which and we all also know. her first breasts appearance. Yes. <laughs> the, 
<laughs> which was the first appearance of almost anything in this movie. Yeah, yes. the time to the triple T ratio. Pretty good. What was like it for? Because wasn't it just side boob? It was I mean, side I'm not boob. complaining, but, yeah, but there was it was nip. literally like five oh, seconds okay. after the credits ended. Yeah. Yeah. Just they Shannon just have Tweed to show shower. Shannon Tweed showering. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the worst thing you could start your movie with. No. Worst ways to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want to see more Shannon Tweed, there's plenty out there. Mm, right. I've heard. Mm. I've seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen I, Hot Dog I, the movie. I've binged. <laughs> yep. Yes. I just bing it. Yeah. So. Uh, but yes, Peter Weller is businessman living in New York. Bart something. Bart. <laughs> Can't spell rat without Bart or Bart without mm. rat. All right. I got to tell you guys something. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> okay. My dad's name is Bart. Uh-huh. So hearing the word Bart a million times mm. in this fucking movie was really annoying. And how do you make it through The Simpsons? <laughs> it's different. The Simpsons is enjoyable. That's how. Oh, uh-huh. oh, Zing! come on, Get him, world star! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you, you, just, you just burned this movie so so fiercely. Yeah. Smash that like yeah. and subscribe button. <laughs> this video just become a fight. Ring that, <laughs> ring that bell. Uh, anyway, but yes. Um, and he, I don't, he works. The beginning of this movie, besides the the very first part of this movie, is is Peter Weller greeting and rubbing up on Shannon Tweed as she's getting ready to take the kid. I thought there was kids. Nope. I guess there's only one kid. One kid. Just yeah. the one. And his um, hamster. But kids, a uh, dumbass? I mean, there's no other way to say Their it. Their kid's stupid. Their kid is stupid. <laughs> like yeah. he is, He's stupid. He's rummaging through cereal boxes trying to get the prize. He's got a pet hamster, and they're going to fuck off to Vermont for a couple days or a couple week or two or something like that. It seems like forever. I think it's for the summer. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Well, yeah. it's, it's a while, but I think, I think it's only like two weeks because... Basically, he's staying behind because he's got to work on something. He goes, you know, so they're gone. Mm-hmm. They leave him and they're gone literally the entire yeah, time. pretty much the entire movie, um, which, you know, that's fine. It's like he has a family and they, re- you know, he kind of drops it like, you know, I built this house from the ground up or, you know, re- renovated it with my own hands and mm-hmm. blah, 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 this house. Um, but he goes to work and right off the bat, I was just kind of like, is this the Phantom Menace of horror movies? Because it is a whole lot of like, man, well, we got these mergers and acquisitions and we, you know, got to go work on Pyramid, blah, 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 and look at the sales figures and blah, and it's just like, wow, you're really going whole whole hog on this uh Yeah, we really dialogue. need to know about this whole It is so merger, much whatever early thing. 80s movie business bullshit of yeah. just, here's Megalo Corporation, no one understands what they do, they don't understand what they do. It's all about pushing paper around and making up words, and there's always deadlines. And yeah. if you mm-hmm. if you're not getting the deadline fast enough, it's going gonna, to Earl. Yeah, Earl They're down. Give it to the other guy. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I guess that's his that's his work life. Is like he's yeah. he's on this project. He's been working on it for some time, and then he gets to work, and it's like, oh yeah, we've given that project away to Peterson or whatever the fuck, and it's like. He's mad about that, and they're like, "But you're getting this other thing," and he's like, "But that's not a thing I know anything about." Blah blah blah. But you because know. that's also how '80s business work is. They yeah. take the way they take away the thing that you're doing a kick-ass job on, give it to Simpson who doesn't know shit, and then they they hand you the thing that you're like, "I don't understand this at all," and they're like, "Ah, you'll knock it out of the park, big guy." Right. You know, and it's but like it's also like a fuck some, is this business? It's like this background. It's like a stepping stone. Like, oh, this is the big. This is your chance for the big leagues. Mm-hmm. You know, this will show you're great. But it's like he already. 
he already seems to be pretty high up. Like everyone's like, oh, sir, you know, he has a secretary and, you know, everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody had a secretary in the 80s. Sure. Uh, he seems to be like second in command at this place. Like there's the boss and then like a bunch of underlings. And but him also that all the underlings are like, hey, this guy, you mm-hmm. know, the only thing to this sort of 20 minutes of trade negotiations credit <laughs> is the dialogue is actually kind of snappy. Like, sure, well, I guess. they had to get it out quick because they it's, realized audiences would not give a fuck well, about what they're talking they, about. Audiences still don't give a fuck. But it's like, it's snappy, and even though it's, the subject matter is really fucking boring, it's delivered pretty entertaining. Well, he, he's making it kind of enter- entertaining because, right. like, he's... He's, he's like, being sort of snarky and sort of like, you know, showing off how smart he is. Like, you know, mildly coked up Peter Weller. He's like Yale degree or whatever, because he's just like, oh, like, you know, blah, 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 the charlatans. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, drops that word, you know, <laughs> you know, all the grain. Go- oh, he- yeah, <laughs> he goes Dennis Miller on it, kind of yeah. like, eh, but it's I'm it, smarter it, than everybody else in the room. It's, <laughs> it's a little Good confusing. GD <laughs> it's a little confusing in the beginning because he's <laughs> having this conversation with Ch- Shannon Tweed about her father and him thinking about paying for the place. He's like, no, this is our place. And and they kind of set it up like I figured her dad was like his his boss. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not the case at all. His, his yeah. dad, his, her dad's just rich, too. Yeah. And like some Vermont rich asshole or whatever. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. He yeah, probably cause, cause like she puts on some, you know, well, fur coat. And I'm shit. sure also this is the they are self-made couple who were gifted a million dollars by sure. her father to buy this house. Right. Like they didn't just buy this house and yeah. renovate it. Maybe mm-hmm. he's got a good job. Who knows? I don't know. But whatever. It's it's a lot of information that's not particularly interesting. You know, he's on a different case, so it's like, and he's got a deadline, two weeks, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I think, like, this, that's why the, that's the time that they were gone, because it's like, Seems like two it. like two week deadline, yeah. and then the end of the movie is them showing back up, basically, mm-hmm. after he's just gotten an extension. So maybe two and a half weeks, whatever. Makes but sense. Checks out. It's like... Two weeks in a weekend. Two weeks, yeah, and then, like, he's he's got to work on this whole new thing from scratch, and it's very important, and, you know, so... That's kind of that. And that's then, the business track of this movie right. is he's got a thing. Yeah. But well, at, it also gives a reason why he has to continue going into work mm-hmm. and he can't just leave. Right. He can't just say, I look, I got to take time off. I've got a situation. Mm-hmm. His boss is like, deal with your situation. Finish this shit that yeah. you don't yeah. understand. Because <laughs> he's, you know, taking it home, working at home. And that's been like he's sitting there and hears noise in the kitchen and come to find out the rat has chewed through like the water line to the dishwasher so it's like flooded his kitchen and he doesn't he doesn't react particularly well to this he grabs like like four hand towels out of the drawer and throws them on the floor yeah doesn't go bother like that's, there's several points in this movie it's like you've built this house from the scratch you don't know where like your master water cutoff valve is like or own a fucking mop or that too you know yeah. uh, but anyway like there's several things like dude just turn off your fucking water because there's several points in this movie it's like there's just pipes just Gushing water everywhere, and he's just standing there like, well, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. But so re- weird repairman dude, I guess like Cleve, Cleve who like lives. He's the super from next door. Yeah. So is he like a superintendent for an apartment building next door? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because like this is like a standard like townhome brick, you know, brownstone type yeah, place in New York. It's sandwiched between like two act two like apartment buildings. Well, there's New, a there's a row of brownstones, and then to the left there's an apartment building. Yeah, yeah. that's where Cleve. But you said this is Cleet. I'm sorry. Cleet. This is the dude. Um, the actor is the dude that you uh, his head blows up in Scanners. It's, yeah, it's in the first guy. ten minutes of Scanners. Yeah, what you think is the end of Scanners is actually the first ten minutes of Scanners. Yeah, he's that guy. But yes, it's that guy, and he's just like, well, the first he's yeah no I'm sorry it's it's confusing because like 
he's there and like looking at the dishwasher and like, yeah, you know, pipe burst and, you know, soap gets in and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, maybe something chewed through. It's like, maybe it's mice. And he's like, I don't have mice. And he's like, I don't know. It's a pretty big pipe. So maybe it's a rat. He's like, I definitely don't have rats. He's like, well, I don't know. You, sh- you should watch out. Yeah. And also this conversation is this. They they talk about exterminators, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, you don't want an exterminator. They're just going to tear your walls apart and do all this other stuff." But he also says exterminators are for little old ladies. Yeah. Right. So I mean, is this the he's justification like, for why he never well, basically? He's not just until like, very late in the movie. Does he call an exterminator? He, he kind of challenges his manhood. He's like, "Dude, man up and get some fucking traps." Well, it's he like, says, "I've got some traps," and he's like, "Trap schmaps. Those aren't going to do anything. You need like." war you know he's no like, at first he's just like yeah use the traps that's the that you know it's gonna be messy but use your traps because the first time he goes out and like you know it's the classic wooden base you know rat trap mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and he put you know carving out the little pieces of cheese and all that and giant sets, pieces of cheese well whatever he contributed to this rat's growth rate <laughs> but he, he does all that and it's like okay i'm gonna Don't catch the rat shame the rat and he you know for like he comes back one day and like they're still just all sitting there like nothing's been touched he's like mm-hmm. oh that's weird and then the next day he comes and they're like he finds one that's just like mangled like the rat was just like broke out of it like superman in chains and you know and it's just like he's like holy fuck so he takes it back to cleat and he's like look what this fucking rat did and and he's like well where'd you get those rat rat traps from your grandma like those are antiques you need like real traps yeah you fucking pussy yeah so like (laughs) i guess cleat gave him his homemade traps because he did build a better mousetrap he's got these like fucking i I call them the jaws of death yeah they're fucking bear trap yeah it's a bear trap they they look like the things from the assembly line in uh, ice pirates where they're gonna get their dicks cut off but he like gives them those and like several varieties too like it's like (laughs) several things like this like like, he gives them several traps and so he's like all right upgraded the traps they got big like medieval chains on them Mm -hmm. that you're just supposed to fling them behind the counter and pull them out they are like mini bear traps because you do that for a a bear trap yeah. too, you know. Yeah, you're supposed to like anchor it to something right. so that when it gets caught in the trap, it can't run away. Right. Take yeah. the tape, take the trap with it. Anyway, so it's a bunch. Of, I mean, again, we're not going to try to beat for beat this, but it's it's a bunch of like him checking the traps and then sort of seeing the rat out of the corner of his eye, and then like almost sort of catching it, almost like because eventually he moves up to poison. He, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of rat poison that it's like it makes them super thirsty. So the the guy there's a different weirdo. He goes there, to like an army navy yeah, store. There's there's mm-hmm. basically there's Cleet and there's this like army navy slash exterminator yeah, store. What he did was he he tried to call an exterminator from the phone book and they didn't call him back. So we went to this army navy store guy and complained to him and that guy was like, yeah, exterminators, they're all super busy. Anyway, I this is where they come to buy their yeah. shit. But well, this, this is this is also where he hype mans the yeah, rat. I was gonna say Cleet and this guy are like the rat hype men. Oh yeah, because and it's the entire second act. It's it's weird because <laughs> like this guy, if this is an army navy store, he's also got like rat anatomy posters and shit on the wall. It's mm-hmm. It's really weird, but he explains to do two different kinds of rat poison. You know, one is like going to basically make them explode, you know, or melt essentially, you know, their guts. And the other one is the kind where it's like they get super thirsty. You close your, you know, make sure you don't have any water in your house and they go outside and drink till they die, basically, yeah. which is what most ra- modern rat poison is. Mm-hmm. I think, I think we pretty much did away from the melty gut kind of rat poison. Yeah. No, we yeah. still use yeah. the melty gut. Do kind we? Of rat poison, okay. Yeah. If you get like shitty exterminator. <laughs> okay. But so, you know, he's no kids or pets at home. So he's just like, whatever, putting rat powder everywhere comes back and it's like rats didn't touch shit one day next day he's like i put even more out and then he goes up to piss in the middle of the night lifts up the lid on the toilet seat which he's like taped down and the rat's in there and almost like tries to bite his dick yep yeah and this is the first time that he's seen the rat right we have seen through footage 
basically you see it kind of creeping around. And I mean, these are shots like extreme close-ups of wet, nasty rats. Yeah, mm-hmm. slimy rats. Now, see, when the movie first started, you were just seeing like weird hand puppet shadows on the wall mm-hmm. of something large. And you're like, wow, that's a large rat. But like this movie... You think it might be the kind of thing where it's like, maybe there's not a rat, like maybe he, you know, maybe yeah, he's just going very, crazy, but they very obviously like, like, so when it jumps out of the toilet and scares him, mm-hmm. you're like, well, maybe that really didn't actually happen. But then they show a, sh- a shot of the rat crawling through the pipes out of the toilet to get mm-hmm. out of there. And you're like, oh, well, he didn't imagine that. That obviously clearly happened. So right away, the movie is just like, no, it's a rat. He's got a giant rat in his house, and that's a problem. Say giant. I mean, it's not like a capybara or whatever. It's like it's it, for a capybara. Capi- <laughs> a fighting capybara. I would actually watch that movie. <laughs> yes, a fighting rat. No, let's have, instead of like happy feet with penguins, we'll have yeah. capybara capybaras. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like it. Warriors of Fate or whatever that movie is. Uh, Warriors of Virtue. The yeah, that. Was, they, they were kangaroos. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, they basically used leftover tank girl makeup and oh, made okay. that movie. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, why do I remember that? I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but it's the size of a common house cat. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a large rat, but it's still just a fucking like. River yeah, it's rat, not a dude you know? in a suit. No, I mean- <laughs> and, and I mean, like, the, with a title like this, it's like, oh, it's a fucking alien demon, whatever sort of rat. Yeah, no, it's just an abnormally large rat that's kind yeah. of aggressive. And like- the title actually comes from when he's looking up information about rats mm-hmm. at, at the library. Yeah, because and- he takes a lunch break and goes to the library and just man goes to the rat section and gets every possible piece of media he can find like, taking like a four-hour lunch break yeah. including they've got like eight by ten glossies of like rat bite victims yeah yeah of various like okay this person got you know like a scratch on their face the next person like oh it bit its nose off this person bit half its ear off and then it's like a child's like nose is half yeah. missing and it's like and he's just like and he watches a rat snuff film mm-hmm. yeah he's oh, like, yeah. oh rats will just fucking eat each other if they yeah, yeah. And, and they're each other's babies or mm-hmm. their own babies or whatever and he just flips it off like oh disgusted throws his headphones down dear god yeah but it's like it's not long after that that there's this business meeting with the investors or whoever mm-hmm. the fuck, and he's just zoned out and he it, just goes into just full just like let me tell you everything about rats. Well, because it's it's basically the guys it's the pyramid guys, yeah. which were the the project he was working on. But they're like, you still need to go make an appearance because you did all the the groundwork for right. this. So yeah, big boss man is like, yes, he still lets me play oh, win a tennis. Boss man <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's just like <laughs> doing to part time, doing typical, you know, like boss kind of small talk and then he's just like you know your grain you know rats destroy like one third of the po- world's grain population every year mm. it's like that's five billion tons of it think of how many people that would feed and also rats do this and he just goes on this whole like history goes like, through the plague and yeah you know just it's all like of one it. out of three people died in the plague it's and like the two entire of you earth. at this table right now are actually comprised of rats <laughs> <laughs> you're actually just like a he's like some countries actually rat. they're called slimy chickens or whatever <laughs> stringy chicken stringy chicken that they as eat they're rats. eating their little that is the only choice they have oh, they're eating pheasants or yeah. yeah like little tiny oh, yeah, yeah, boiled goose yeah. or something <laughs> boiled goose <laughs> But yes, so he, so, he, is, he is full tilt crazy at this point. He's like, he's read everything about rats, and he's like, I got a rat in my house that tried to bite my dick. Mm-hmm. And everyone I talk to about these rats is full on hype manning these things because he's like, hey, this rat tried to bite my dick, and and Cleet's like, yeah, that's what they do. They go for the soft, the, the cushy parts. They yep. <laughs> they yeah. just come straight for you. Like they'll go through your eyes, man. They'll just they'll just bore through your skull and he Peter can, he says, eat your brain. Yeah, and he's like, I'll just get context. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing is like his weird little quips kind of save most of this kind of like otherwise <laughs> weird dialogue yeah. but like he 
from going to the library to like you know his first interaction with the rat, he goes from like beginning sort of like you think everything's normal American Psycho to the end of American Psycho in like a span of a day. Yeah, like he is just normal businessman, and then it's like fucking I am rat obsessed at this point. Yeah, yeah, and well, because every night the thing's fucking with him. It is. It's it's not just it, it it's specifically fucking with him. Mm-hmm. Like every night, it's specifically doing something else to fuck with him, and. Like, he'll just be sitting there reading a book, and it's scurrying around in the ceiling. He's like, I'm on to you. And then he just gets up and starts beating the ceiling with his book, which Moby is Moby Dick. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, He's also watching The Old Man in the Sea on TV at one point. It's just like, this movie is like, wow, I wonder, yeah. huh, could we be more obvious? Plus, as, as like we were 20 minutes in, and Chuck's like, you know, this is symbology for the rat race that he's part of. <laughs> and we're like... Yes, but also fuck you. Like, mm, but that's cl- I, that's I, very I much what they're doing. I know. Yeah, but this rat also has like superpowers. It, it does. Like this rat can open and close doors. It it's like it's, it's got kind of Jason powers. Yeah, it's able to sneak in and like take the phone off the hook as soon as he's fallen asleep. It you know <laughs> yeah. knocks the phone off to wake him up. You know, it's just all it pulls the covers off. <laughs> it's yeah, just I, a strong rat. Maybe he doesn't have powers. He's just strong mm-hmm. and my friend mm. and real. Yeah, but it's. It's so specifically fucking with him that I was still like, is this all in his head? Mm-hmm. Is it all in his head or what's going to be the thing that he did that pissed off this rat? Like, like, what? like, it, like it is a demonic force, like coming to punish yeah. him for well, something, you know, or just, you know, did by renovating this house, did they cut off some sort of did they separate the the male and the female rat the, or you know the only just, thing he does is he finds the baby rats and picks up the box full of baby rats yeah and the but the, he doesn't do anything to no, it before getting attacked he by gets the attacked rat. and spills the box down the sewer grate and that super pisses off the rat but the rat was super pissed to begin with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it did try to bite him in the dick first and then yeah. like he you know so he <laughs> he flung its babies down the sewer mm-hmm. which they're gonna be fine yeah they will yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've already rats. established that they're fine yeah. yeah that's pretty much like sending them home mm-hmm. yeah but yeah the whole rest of the movie is like him placing traps and he gets a cat at one point he, he does he finds a stray cat that goes poorly it does it goes bad yeah they, yeah he fed it fed that rat a stray cat he does like this two-minute monologue walking around with a cat trying to feed it various things yeah. like and just naming whatever he sees oh, in front of him because cucumber because like at one point in a scene before um the the rat had chewed through a bottle of ketchup so it looks like there's blood coming out of this cabinet which he flings open and so in the next scene the blood is dried up on the counter he's like you want some dried ketchup no all right well here's some oysters from two months ago eat these <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. But, like, he goes into the pantry at one point to get a box of, of something and just notices that every box has been chewed through and pulls each one out individually and just flour and cereal and oats mm. are flying all oh, over the yeah, place. He just gets disgraced and, like, yeah, you know, like, just melts in, in, in while, like, oatmeal's pouring on his, yeah. like, dried oatmeal's pouring on his head. <laughs> we get a really nice shot, like, pulling back from his face <laughs> mm-hmm. with, oat, with the oatmeal just pouring and pouring and pouring and mm-hmm. pouring and yeah. pouring and pouring and pouring on his head. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I want to. I want to. Well, hang I was going to say we can speed through the rest of this. Be- well, yeah, but let me just let me just lump together the three scenes with the secretary who comes to the house. So there's a scene where they're coming home from the office in a taxi, mm-hmm. and he's like, "All right, smell you later." And she's like, "No, wait, the the Pentagon files or whatever." And he's like, "All oh, right, get in here." <laughs> so she comes in. And she's like, wow, this is a great house. It must be nice to have money and look at all your nice things. And your, your wife's wife awesome. And, mm. and he's like, yeah, I got a kid, too. He's pretty great. And then he's like, you know what? We should make out. 
and he just starts making out with her and you're like this was sudden like i know you're starting to lose your mind but this is yeah this was not like it had been set up that yeah no. she they I mean, had she, anything between the two of she them. she was very clearly like i'm gonna come in and we're gonna do it because it's the 80s um but so like as soon as he starts making out with her the rat starts scurrying around in the ceiling and he's like all right you need to go so you thought that the rat was going to attack her then uh-huh. but no she leaves she comes back later to yeah she goes into his office and gets his house keys out of his desk yeah because she he hasn't shown up like he's mm-hmm. hadn't called in yeah oh no he he called in because like had he gone to at that point i think he had i think he'd gone and saw the boss and said like i got personal issues on i'm yeah i'm dealing with this yeah he shows up like Disheveled, and yeah. wearing fucking yeah. sweatpants and, and, and shit. Like the, boss, and, the, the I love. The, I just love like the the book the bookends of the boss talking to him is like he's just like wearing jeans and a bomber jacket or whatever. It's mm-hmm. sitting on like the security desk yeah. of this fancy ass office, and the boss goes like, "Don't let the other employees <laughs> see you like this." And then he's just like, "I got personal stuff. If you got to take me off this case, fine. You know, like give it to somebody else. That's up to you. But if you still believe in me, I'll be here after I deal with this." And then like the boss doesn't say anything. He just goes like. Don't let the other employees see you like this. It just walks yeah. off. That's he just says the same thing mm-hmm. twice. I I, I kind of like that. Yeah, mine. So, he is also wearing like soccer or football cleats or something at this point. Uh, yeah, oh, maybe yes, yeah, because yeah. yeah, he started to protect various body parts because he keeps right. getting attacked by the goddamn rat. Mm-hmm. So the second time she comes over and lets herself in, and he's he's gone like full kurtz at this point he's crazy and he's put on like a mugger's outfit he's got like a black stocking cap and he's wearing all black and he's carrying his bat everywhere yeah with and he's him. just he's just you know hiding around the house so she takes off her shoes and is just kind of sauntering through the house like i wish i lived here and she there's a shot where she walks by one of the traps in a hallway both feet mm-hmm. and you're watching this and you're like oh fuck she's gonna step on that thing and doesn't and then you also think well when she turns around to leave she's going to step on that thing she doesn't then either this movie does a lot of ah what about this and then it's like ah forget that yeah we're not actually doing that yeah so like basically the rat never fucks with this lady like they, they've created this ancillary the, character the, the who, rat never interacts with anyone but peter weller yeah. right which and, again and the, and the cat yes does kill the cat but still but we don't see it kill the cat no we see the aftermath of the cat oh so maybe the cat just like he was like i'm tired of being a hobo and i'm gonna end it up on top of the refrigerator <laughs> he's t- I'm t- saying oh that maybe peter weller killed the cat that maybe everything is peter weller maybe curiosity killed the cat I think. Uh, but the movie never does no. any kind of <laughs> no peter no. weller you're wrong no, this, couldn't, this couldn't possibly be the thing. And there's never anyone telling him you're crazy, Peter Willard. Yeah. This isn't mm-hmm. going on. So that seems like a weird track to take. I, I don't know if he'd actually like full on semi quit with the boss yet when she came over that night, because I, I want to say like when he did the disheveled, like show up at work thing, he immediately went home and started making the, the Negan bat. Yes, because like he goes, well, no, he, the Negan bat was after that. But because like she she comes back again because she's like yelling at the window because they've given him like a two week delay yeah, to the, get his shit together. The Chicago oh, that, people right. aren't going to show up. That's yeah. right. She's like, you know, like, the, yeah. And then he, and, you have a two week delay. Cleet, and he's just like, leave me alone. Yeah, and, and Cleet tells leave her, us alone. Yeah, yeah, leave us alone. Cleet's like, you need to leave. And then Cleet sneaks into his house when he's making yeah, the Because he's bat. like, you know, doing the nails in it. And then eventually <laughs> he's like bolting parts of the rat trap on either side. So it's got claws on it. Yeah, side because it. at this point he has snapped one of them on his own hand. Mm hmm. Because for some reason he has a full scale model, not full scale, but a model of his house. Two scale. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> I mean, it is a straight up model of his house. It's a dollhouse. Yeah. His house. Yeah. In the basement. Mm-hmm. And he puts a trap in there. Yeah. Symbolic, but then for again. some reason is deciding to either find the trap or find something else in there. 
No, he, he's, he's looking he's, for the he's trap. He's put the trap in one specific spot. It's not there. And he starts panicking, like, where is it? And I'm like, dude, no. And he's blindly just reaching in there, mm-hmm. and it snaps on his hand. And he actually reacts not like how you would think a movie character would, but how you would, which is yeah. just like, ow! Yeah. Also, how do I get my hand out of here? <laughs> yeah. Because I reach through the tiny window of this house. Yeah, he doesn't go into, like, movie panic until he gets it off his hand. And then he's just like, ah! <laughs> which yeah. then he takes a 12-hour bath. Mm-hmm. With alcohol, he takes, oh, a, no, no. He I takes mean, a scotch bath. It was yeah. water. He was right. alcohol was inside <laughs> yeah. of him, right? Yes, <laughs> and he has a dream where his wife and kid come home. Mm-hmm. His wife comes home and immediately is just like, "I'll make it all better. Let's have the sex." Because it's Shannon. No, the, fir- the first dream was I was it now because he has that two was, he has two dream sequences. Oh, that was before. That wasn't even a dr- a dream. He was awake. He was just like he just hallucinating out stroked out he was just he's drinking and then just kind of goes cross-eyed and the camera just goes off diagonally up to where the kitchen is Mm -hmm. and it projects like this at first you think it's a memory right of a birthday for the kid and then the rat jumps out of the cake and (laughs) and everybody everybody horrified screams and then he cuts (laughs) away it's like no not not on my watch and um because i I think that was after a conversation where like he called his wife is like you should come home I need you. I need you. Yeah, yeah, and then like I think he had that dream sequence. It was like, no, she can't. I I can't introduce her to this killer rat thing. Yeah, like that was when he walked out of his office after telling his boss, "Forget it, man. It's <laughs> Chinatown," and goes to the phone booth and just leaves a message, "Please come home," and then just doesn't even hang up the phone. Just kind of just tosses it behind him and <laughs> wanders out into traffic. But yes, the second dream was like Shannon Tweed right. comes home. But the best part of it is like I understand him having this this hallucination that Shannon Twee comes home and makes it all better by having the sex with him. But mm-hmm. intercut with that is his idiot child making a bowl of cereal with the rat poison that's in the kitchen. Not not even <laughs> cereal. Like it's he starts with half and half. Specifically half and half. Pours yeah. that in the bowl first, which I was like, is that for the dead cat? Um and then he's like uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll put some uh, flour in it, and then he, sugar, sugar. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's sugar, and then like he goes for the rat poison, yeah. and then like stirs it up. Both and like, kinds of rat, and poison. he stirs it with the sugar scoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he it's, stirs it's it with the, poison, the rat poison. It's scoop. the rat poison, oh, rat scoop. poison scoop. Yeah. Okay, and which then may just, have been a sugar spoon or yeah. sugar yeah. scoop, but it's now a rat poison. And then scoop. just starts drinking the bowl. Yep, and you're like, what the fuck is with it's, this kid? But he, then the dream ends because the rat explodes out of the ceiling and attacks Shannon Tweet's yeah, back. jumps on her back, yeah. <laughs> and then he wakes While up still the in the sexy dream. Yeah, and he wakes and up yeah. like, oh, what? Yeah, I'm he wakes up in, in, the, in the scotch tub yeah. <laughs> and then and then just, immediately just, gets attacked. Well, because the rat was like hanging out on the shower curtain waiting for it to wake, waiting for him to wake up. Yeah. Because as soon as he Finish wakes up, it, it like <laughs> jumps in the water with him. And he's like, you know, doing the Big Lebowski like, ah! You know, like, <laughs> yes. And then gets out and shuts the door behind him. You know? <laughs> it's a nice wormit. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's um okay so the other thing so like when cleat was hype manning this rat he was doing a thing like look i was in the war i was in and then he makes up some place where a, a nuke went off and just says you got a radiation is the only thing it doesn't even kill the rats i well, was he's like there. He killed all the reptiles all the insects all, all the, the amoeba oh, every, even the amoeba but the yeah. rats survived so he's hype manning this entire time talking just the biggest game just i'm the toughest man ever so the third time the secretary's there and she gets chased away, he sneaks in through some door that's unlocked, the basement door to get into the his house. Yeah, this house is palatial because it's like it's got yeah. like a first floor with like all the family room and stuff like that, and upstairs with all the bedrooms, and then like a full furnished basement plus like a boiler room, which is like also kind of semi furnished. He also says there's a third floor that they haven't done anything with where okay. the cockroaches are having birthday parties. Right, yeah, he said it's but very we never Ed- see that Ed- Poesk. Yeah. So anyway, Cleek comes in while he's making his Negan bat. Mm-hmm. And 
this Peter is Weller, the best part. Peter Weller is testing it out on the workbench, just beating mm-hmm. it to hell. And Peter Weller turns to leave. It's like two solid swipes. I yeah. mean, it's not it's not like a full on like I'm gone crazy. Right. But Cle- he's like Cleet is just, it. He's like come in and just kind of stood at the side of the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And Peter Weller turns and sees him. Now, I thought horror movies tell me that he's going to get whacked in the head with this thing because he's going to start old crazy Peter Weller. But no, Peter Weller just turns and is like, oh, oh, he smiles at him. He's like, he's like, hey, you're in my house. He's like, what do you what do you think? And, and, he, and <laughs> Cleet's reaction is so good because he just kind of looks at him and he goes, no, nah. nah. <laughs> and then turns around <laughs> yeah. and walks out the stairs. Yes. Yeah, is that the last time we see him? Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. Yes. It's like his <laughs> his whole thing's just nah. like, I'm out. <laughs> no, no, nah. it's not even like a full on. No, it's just kind of like, no, nah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's but the smartest like the re- decision anyone makes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the rest of this, the rat has like tried to eat him while he's in bed. So he concocts a hammock mm-hmm. to s- suspend himself over his bed. Yep. Uh, but then well, the rat foils that by well, chewing through the ceiling. So he came straight out of the out of the bathtub and into the hammock. Yeah. So the the rat had actually like done the crawl through the sheets thing and he missed him because he had the bat like his, right. he was like sleeping with the bat in his hand at this yeah. point. But like he beats the fuck out of his bed and then he's taunting him like, I hit you. I hit you. You know, I hit you. <laughs> yeah. Don't even say I didn't hit you. Like, You're dead. I killed you. <laughs> and then like, but yes, he, he, he immediately wakes up out of the rat in the tub thing and jumps in the hammock and sleeps there for a little while. So that's the other thing is like they've just portrayed him like he is up all night obsessing about this rat at this point because yeah. and, and that was also like a byproduct of something Cleet said he's like you may spend like 10% of your day thinking about <laughs> how to kill to kill that rat that thing's th- spending 100% of its day thinking about how to kill you yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah he's gonna chew through your spine but yes, he's but like it's fun- so like he's sleeping in the hammock and the thing is clearly like burrowing out of the ceiling and you're like oh shit what's gonna happen mm-hmm. it just does it to stare at- he just watches him sleep mm-hmm. he's twilights him it's just like I'm watching you <laughs> cause he wakes up and he's like he's covered in ceiling and he looks up and he's like ah what and then he just this is when he just starts smacking the fuck out of everything yeah, yeah. Um, but eventually yeah when he finishes the, the Negan bat he basically like runs around the house or he's like first he's just sitting there like very quietly like you know like bug-eyed like listening for rat sounds yeah and then he's also armored up he's put on like shin guards and he's got whatever he can find that's going to protect him because it's like sleeveless leather jacket yeah which is red by the way Mm -hmm. it's like part hockey gear part football gear part almost like lacrosse whatever crap you have in your house i mean i'm saying this is canada there are like armed (laughs) guards that you wouldn't have in like any either of these sports it's it's just it's He's just got a hodgepodge of, it's of just stuff of sporting gear on. Yeah. But like he's just like crouched down like, you know, Batman style listening for sounds. Mm-hmm. And then the rat knocks over like a flower pot in the in the basement. <laughs> he runs down there and just like kind of giggles like <laughs> clever girl. Yeah. He's, and, <laughs> he's just like, well, you won this round. I'm yeah. like, what? But then like the rats down there, actually. And he this is like the first time he smacks like the fuck out of the water main. So the, the basement is just flooding at an alarming rate at this mm-hmm. point because like it's basically like the main line going into the house. Then he smacks at the steam pipe. So steam's escaping from the boiler and everything. And it's like, he's just this. And this is when he chases the rat. He just chases the house, fucking everything up and swinging real high for no good reason. Like just smashing mirrors on the wall and swinging real wide. All just in general, but he has a couple of moves. Like he does a a couple of combat roles and (laughs) yeah, but it's just, it's to me, it was frustrating to watch. Because it's like, you know, he's not even swinging at anywhere, even remotely near where the thing is. Yeah. And it's like, God damn it. You suck at everything, guy. Well, you're still not entirely convinced how big this thing is. Like mm-hmm. the first time you really get a sense of it is when it chases him up the stairs out of the boiler room. Yeah. Because you see it. and It's like, oh, that's like a small dog. Mm-hmm. It's still big for a rat, but yeah. 
it's still too low for where you're swinging half the time because you're like knocking lamps off your your tables and stuff. Yeah, you're it, just doing it for funsies. It, it chewed up like a, it did like the um, what the almost like the pet cemetery like Achilles heel thing from underneath the yes. basement stairs. Yes, you know, like, caused him to fall and then swipe yeah, at him a and bunch. Then like, ah, no, that's when you, you know that's when the first time you get like okay scale there he is running up the stairs, close yeah. the door on. Him. But then later like going back down the same stairs, which those stairs you just should avoid, my guy, because like mm-hmm. that place like. At one point, the rat jumps on his head. Yes. There's a rat on his head at some point, and you know, twice, yeah. twice in this sequence, he yeah. gets he gets death from above mm. by the rat. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but he beats the fuck out of the house, chases it back down, and like has a final confrontation in the flooded boiler room, mm-hmm. and eventually it goes back into the to the model dollhouse thing, and he just starts. He's like, got you quartered, and just starts ripping sections of it away, and basically beats the fuck out of this rat eventually, and. You know, you see night, you know, the nails go in and, you know, blood, rat blood go everywhere. And it's like, okay, he got it. He, yeah. He and then it. he just kind of like, sort of like saunters up, like with a kind of, kind of a hero pose at the top of the stairs for half a second. Yeah. And then he's just kind of like looking around like, yeah, I totally fucked my house up. Yep. But and, he, and he takes a second to flick the water off his hand mm-hmm. once he gets to the top. But mm-hmm. I, I like, he's just like going through and surveying like how much he's fucked up his own house. And there's one like flower pot on the mantle or a vase on the mantle that like was still fine and he just walks over and goes <laughs> like squats just, it like a cat yeah. just like fuck this thing yeah <laughs> i'm declaring everything on insurance we didn't even mention one of the one of the first times before we he actually sees the rat in the in the toilet mm-hmm. um or maybe it's post the toilet thing but like there is one point where he's sitting in his living room and the rat is like climbing on the piano wires Oh, yeah. Inside of his, he has like a grand piano, yeah. but it's like making the keys move. Yes. Yeah, like down the, <laughs> down the scale. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. But man, he just like slams the lid shut and is just like, ah, I got you, you son of a bitch. And then he's just like, he leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, there's several points where like he thinks he's trapped the rat and it doesn't at all. But yeah. Yeah. But like shortly, like he basically is like the house is destroyed. He's just kind of sort of having a victory lap. And like that's when Shannon tweets pulling up in the cab mm-hmm. or whatever, their car or whatever. And. And he's like, hey, honey. And she's like, what are you wearing? Why are you all wet? <laughs> and the kid's there, too. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah come on in. Uh, and then you just kind of hear like a off screen, like, what the hell happened no, here? It is not even that exciting. No, it's not. From her. It's like, it's more of a chuckle. It's yeah, like, she's like, honey, what happened here? And, he's just and like, it's like, no, he just fucking like your house is trash. Like uh-huh. you need to like file a false insurance claim yeah, that someone she, broke in and wrecked she has it. zero concern about the state of this house. She's just like, honey, it, that's that's she's rich and good looking. Yeah. It's yeah. going to work out for her. Yeah. But she, he goes like, oh, I had a party. <laughs> uh-huh. So it ends on like a wah, wah joke. Yep. That's how this movie is even delivered with the same attitude that he had in the beginning of this yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. He's he's reset. He's but fine. I I guess. He I mean, won the rat race. <laughs> he did. He sure. did. Yeah, it's it's just it's so weird that this movie doesn't have any casualties in it. Like there's no victims of the rat. The rat doesn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Um and it sets up so many obvious things like the all the stuff with the secretary. You're like, "Man, something just fucking terrible is going to happen to her." And it never does. Um, but also it doesn't do the thing that every fucking movie like this does, which is have another thing at the end happen, or there were two rats or any kind of anything. Mm -hmm. It's just Peter Weller wins and Mm -hmm. hooray, which is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. It's just so strange. Well, it just leaves so many questions. Like, was it just a fucking rat? Like, 
of unknown origin. Well, I mean, was it? I mean, was it a real rat? Was it in his head? You know, was it a demonic ghost rat thing? You know, like there's just there's so many things that this movie I feel like leaves like dangling threads. Yeah, you know, this is the yeah. this is the rest stop of you know rat movies. <laughs> but but it also just kind of plays it really square as well. Like yeah, there's some stuff where it's where it seems a little spooky, mm-hmm. just because you know rats running around the house. And, yeah, and mm-hmm. it's creepy to see this slimy close up of a rat. Right, but they play With it good pretty, sound effects yeah. while yeah. doing it. They play it honestly pretty pretty straightforward. Like yeah, this is just a big fucking rat. Yeah, they don't try to like do anything supernatural, like Mm-mm. you know levitating anything. I mean, yeah, he does have Jason powers, up, but sort of. I mean, he can just, open just general open, teleportation powers. Yeah, you know. but they show that, like, they show him running between the walls and running through the ducts and everything. So you're like, okay, well, that's kind of believable. A rat yeah. can get around. And but, he finds like this this pipe where the end of it has come off, and he's like, oh, that's how you got in. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, yeah, all right. And the rats may be a little smarter than your average rat. Maybe. I would say that there's not rat vision. There's lots of rat perspective. Correct. Like, rat perspective. Yeah, you yes. you do see a lot of a retrospective <laughs> of it coming from the rat's perspective. Nice. But. Yeah, we've already decided we're gonna like make some latter day sequels to this. Yep, starting with a uh, Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Ratatouille <laughs> would be the second one. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then uh, was it three? Was it three blind mice or three blind rats? I think three it has blind to be. rats. Yeah, because yeah. you know, we've got to make that differentiate. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry, uh, not not sequels. We're going to make squeakquels. Oh right, I apologize. Yes. <laughs> any any sequel involving rodents must be a squeakquel. It's the bylaws of yeah. Hollywood. Obviously, we've discussed this. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another scene that I just a just a brief scene that I wanted to point out. And that I can't remember what exactly what point it is in the movie, but it's maybe when he's going to the library or coming back from the library. Oh, right. But he's all like. It's when he comes back. He's mm-hmm. sort of on his way out mentally. Mm-hmm. And he's just walking. You know, when you see a. a, a big building that's got like 45 entrance doors and there are a ton of people walking in and out of all those doors well he is walking as close as you possibly can to the doors slash windows and there are people in and out 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 of all those doors and peter weller is not breaking stride looking straight ahead Mm -hmm. and just walking yep and nobody crashes into him nobody misses their a cue or a beat he just walks straight through right at the camera and it's like a 20 or 25 second shot and it's fucking awesome Mm -hmm. pretty good i don't know how they managed to time that like they did but it looked really fucking cool yeah someone had a good idea that day on set they're like hey Mm -hmm. let's do this if they can do it with cars and explosions i think peter weller walking down a a, the thing is pretty easy as far as timing goes yeah Yeah. i know but it looks really difficult because it looks so chaotic it does and i know obviously it's not as chaotic as it looks but the effect is really good well i'll tell you one thing they did in that shot is um they probably zoomed a telephoto lens in really um so that the space between the doors looks like nil oh yeah so it's like a weird perspective thing so it looks like he's coming much closer to everything than they are than he is it's just a camera trick. So, yeah. 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 Regardless of how they no, no, achieved no, yeah, no. it. And that. Sorry, I'm not trying al- to break the illusion. No, no. Yeah, that's <laughs> like even smarter than I would even begin to think of. But like it, it it's to great effect. Mm-hmm. I was just like that shot about eight seconds in. I was like, oh, my God, it's still going on. 
And then 20 seconds in, I'm like, hey, this is fucking cool. Just, yeah. It just yeah. was one of those things that really stood out to me. Yeah. But man, um, sound effects and music, like they're not getting any awards, but it, this movie has some leveling problems. Like, I mean, maybe it's intentional, like, because like sometimes the rat squeaks and shit like that are just like unbearably loud. And I think that was by design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there's, there's that one moment where the, like music and squeaks come to a crescendo at the same time. It's well, at the end of was, the scene you were talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's like that, that scene is like, you were the, like, this scene is awesome, but goddamn this sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, and that was almost unbearable. It had to be on purpose. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess we rate it. Yeah, we do. Anyone? Anyone? I just want to say right off the bat that I have no fucking clue how to rate this. Okay. It's, right. Well, it's one to five jocks for a good bad movie. Right, right, yeah. right. I know, movie. I know how to rate a movie on oh, our scale. Okay, but I it's have such no a weird idea. ass movie. It is. I it know. Is. I'll rate it. I'll get the ball started. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm giving it four jocks. Oh, I, I had guessed that you would give it three. Nope. Okay. Um, I really, really like this movie. I like how just off kilter. Look, I just came off a month of watching eighty horror movies. <laughs> And this is so different, but it is also of that genre. But yet every convention that you think it might do, it never does. And on one hand, you could look at it and go, well, that sucks. It's not doing the things I want it to do. But on the other hand, I'm like, this is great. It doesn't end with bullshit. It's just a dude battling a rat and he wins. And then his wife's okay (laughs) with it. It's, you know, I, I, I really think my only problem with the movie is like late second act on it keeps breaking the momentum of his craziness by like he suits up and starts doing something crazy and then it cuts it cuts back to the office and mm-hmm. i'm like no that's over yeah I, we don't care about that anymore. i really don't give a shit he's gone mental i want him smashing up his house and the weird thing of this this is such a minor detail but the weird thing about the whole thing is like at the very beginning when he calls in cleat to fix the dishwasher cleat starts like molesting his tile in his house and he's just like oh this tile is so pretty is that real tile and he's like yeah it's real fucking tile i'm a rich white guy of course it's real tile and you expect by the end of this movie he's just going to be smashing the fuck out of all Mm -hmm. the tile and you never get a shot like that of that happening so it seems to set up a lot of stuff that it never pays off a lot of that is interesting in that it doesn't pay it off because it's fucking with your head in terms of expectations but there were a couple things that needed to pay off. Oh, there's one one other little side story that I just think is hilarious in the what the fuck is the deal with this rat yeah. thing? Because there is one point where he finally gets a hold of an exterminator. Yep. And he sets up this whole thing where it's oh, like right. he's like, Key will be on the second step under this mat, check will be in the turntable cover, yeah. you know, all this stuff. Just I won't be home, just come fucking deal with this rat. And he comes home and he's all happy, like fucking rat's dead, check's gone out of the turntable, like he, they got the rat. Yep. You're and dead, then, motherfucker. And like, and like rat does whatever rat thing to scare him again. And then he he gets on the phone all angry like you motherfuckers you said you were gonna be here he's like you hey listen to you motherfucker I came there and I looked for like one hour for looking at a fucking check and he like finds the shredded up check that the the rat had like purposely gone and gotten the check and shredded it yeah and left it most of it intact on the table so he could see yeah and and it's just like it's these little things that like make me go make make me think it's more than just guy versus rat movie yeah Mm -hmm. because like there's something else happening here. And yeah. that's, I think that's what's bothering my brain. Well, yeah, just like when he, at one point when he goes down to the basement and he's, he's working on the stuff in his bed 
on his report that mm-hmm. he has to turn in. And he goes downstairs and fights the rat for a while and comes back. And the rat has somehow shredded his entire report in mm-hmm. the time between then and yep. and there. Yep. Like that. That's why. And it's funny. I wanted to go last because I figured nobody else would be giving this jocks, but I was going to give it four jocks as well to echo off Chuck because it's just so weird and so unique. And there are so many things that to me that point toward him imagining all of this. Mm-hmm. And I like that it never tips its hand because by the end, like, you know, it, it's obviously pretty symbolic that he ends up smashing the rat inside the miniature version of his own house. Yeah. And then chucking it in the water where it's already destroyed and then walking away. Yeah. It's not like he emerges out the front door, holding it by the tail. Like I fucking did it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's quite possible. Five minutes later, he will go to show his wife what caused this problem. And it's not there. But, yeah, we but don't, I mean, we don't it's, get that. you know, and I've been on record as not really liking Peter Weller all that much a lot of the time, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I don't like him in Buckaroo Banzai. I think he's dull and boring in that. And he is very much not dull and boring at all in this movie throughout. No. Like he's he's charismatic in a way that sells all of the craziness that he dives into. And it is like it's a case of he's so good in this, like the only other person I could see who could doing doing the freak out this successfully would be like Nick Cage if you put Nick Cage in a movie like this losing his mind over a rat like like if you were going to remake of unknown origin <laughs> throw Nick Cage going nuts in this and I think you'd be able to to match what Peter Weller does in here yeah but I don't think there are many actors that would in the way that he does he is doing a very gold bloomy version of reacting to everything like because he's still quipping, like even as right. he's losing his mind, he's still like what like the one of the final straws is when he chews through the power and he's like figured uh, it, yeah. it took you long enough to get there. Huh? And it's like yeah. his whole house has been destroyed uh-huh. at this point. He's just I like, thought you'd do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's, he's like still joking with the thing. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's like uh, somebody's asking in, in the live stream chat, like, uh, would it work better with anybody else? Like, or would it work if it wasn't Peter Weller? And outside of a maybe a couple exceptions. I don't know that it would work. This is like, this is the Peter Weller that people who like Peter Weller see in his other movies that we don't see. He's mm-hmm. great in this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And- Another candidate, Sam Rockwell, because he can do, he yes. can, he can do straight yep. normal guy into full freak out mode really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. But I, I just, this was not the movie I was expecting in any way. No. I figured it was going to be like Peter Weller versus Chud Rats or something. You yeah, know? I figured there's going to be like not... green glowing goo in this and just Yeah, like... and they talk about like the nuclear stuff where like, oh, the rats got all the radiation and then they, they multiplied tenfold and you're like, oh, is it a giant mutant rat? And yeah. it's like, no, it's just a really big fucking rat Yep, that may not even exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. I no. think like it's... To go to your point about it like not existing... I think we're so used to, and because it's spooky month, we're used to and expecting something else to be up besides just a rat. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that it is accidentally or on purpose sort of just subverting our expectations and going like, oh, yeah, it's probably just a fucking rat. Mm-hmm. You're just, you are projecting, you know, your need for some sort of supernatural or otherworldly or non-standard giant intelligent rat on this movie it's 
I, I think it's the strange title in that way is is its biggest detractor because it it immediately sets your brain going. Also, I like that the title card for some reason decides to frame it all so that the 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 letters go ooh yeah because it's, it's got all, it's got all three O's lined up so <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why just that's right off the, the bat. title designer was like hey check this shit out <laughs> um all right well I, I guess I'll go for the rating uh I hmm. I don't uh, know what I don't know what to make of this one. Like I, I'm you're gold blooming over it. I'm 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 torn. I I I am it's definitely getting jocks. I'm just trying to decide how much. <laughs> um because sure. I do think this is a thing that needs to be seen. And I think it I think I think it needs a three jocks worth of being seen. Because I mean like I would pretty strongly recommend you watch this. I don't I don't know that I get it in one viewing. <laughs> And I and I very much err on the side of the rat. There is no rat side of of the interpretation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think supernatural is the right answer. I think it's it's more man going crazy. Like he probably devoted a lot of his life to you know making this housework and getting the making the job getting work. getting the hot wife and the I guess good son. Um, um, (laughs) Getting the stupid Well, like, you know, getting all of his life in order and like, you know, and then jobs just like, because he makes one like mention of like, oh man, it just never ends, does it? You know, that kind of like, you know, crushing banality of of work life thing. I know what he means. I just finished this and like, you know, you're piling more shit on me or I was doing awesome at this one thing and, and for the powers that be for whatever reason just janked me off of that and it's something I'm not comfortable with. So I just, I feel like it's like this, I wouldn't say midlife because I mean he's probably like twenty something, maybe thirty something in the in this movie. He's pretty young, um, so it's just like this crisis of like fuck. I I'm doing everything I can, and then the radish is like symbolizing that gnawing feeling of like you know that you're not doing enough kind of thing. You know, so I I don't know. I just I'm I'm erring on that side, but you know that's the kind of nice thing about this movie is it could just be as simple as a dude versus a rather large rat. It 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 works on multiple levels and and isn't like we've become so self-aware that you can't make movies without it being like hitting you over the head of like, nah, man, like he was crazy the whole time. None of this was happening. Like, you know, kind of thing or whatever, you know, fight, you fight clubbing it to death or something, you know, but okay. I'm team no rat now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I just, that's, that's the one I'm taking away from it after one viewing. I'm in, I'm in team no rat. Okay. Join that team to be on. Yeah. I'm telling you, Chuck, are you team rat or team no rat? I think there was a rat. Okay, so you're team rat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's no rat. I'm team no rat now. I, I would like to read the novel this is based on because Wait, what? Is, what it, it very much does feel like a movie based on a novel where it just kind of ends that way. Yeah. But I, I would really, I would be interested to read it just to see if the movie was more definitive or if the, the book was more decisive, I guess I want to say. Like, you know, how vague. Because like American Psycho the movie was a lot different than the book in terms mm-hmm. of like what that ending was, you know? And so, you know, shit gets changed out of books all the time, especially sure. throwaway paperbacks like this. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, BJ. Well, another ahead. good example, the shining, you know, the yes, movie exactly. to, we were talking about book. earlier. Yeah. I mean, we were talking yeah. about that and it's, that's very much a case of what's real in that, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh man, I'm going to go three jocks. I will say that I still don't know if I necessarily like this movie or not, but you should see it and it's interesting. Yeah. It's super. That, that's where I went. It's like, I don't know that I love the movie, but I, I'm recommending it that strongly. Like, yeah. regardless of my feeling, it is a 
fascinating movie. Yeah, you'll get something. Out yeah, of you're it. gonna get something. And if and, not, and if not, you get to at least see you know the most animated Peter Weller I think I've ever seen in a movie for sure. Yeah, some good snappy dialogues, good business dialogue in the beginning, and it's uh what uh, Shout Factory Blu-ray. Yeah, Scream yeah. Factory. Ooh. Ooh. In fact, the I think spooky division. all the Peter Weller movies we've watched have all been released by Shout yeah. Factory. So <laughs> we ain't getting paid by them, but just faith. so you know where you can get them. They yeah. keep going back to the Weller. <laughs> mm, yeah. On that note, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's take a break, shall we? Okay. Welcome back. Hey! Second half, Bamcast. <laughs> second half. Show. Yeah, so um, we kind of got off on a tangent um, yep. during the break, and then we kind, of, we kind of realized that uh, Enjoyable tangent. we hadn't really watched anything, except for BJ, apparently watched something on the on the week when nobody else watched anything. Hey, look at that. Look at me doing so work. So we're going to play our tangent and then cut in BJ's thing, so if it sounds slightly awkward, it's because we're doing it in post. And if you're watching the live stream, then, you know, just memento this shit. I don't know. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp just came out on digital already. Yeah. That's it. Like, I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm still not used to this. Like, it's been a couple months. Movie's out. Yeah. Thing. What now? Like, Ant-Man and the Wasp came out digital today. Yep. And I was like, it was only a couple weeks ago. I was like, maybe we should go see that. And then just never did. Yeah, there's several things. Like, uh. I just remember, like, like I swear, one of them, like, Eighth Grade came out digitally, that Bo Burnham movie. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I remember, I feel like it was just a month ago, I was like, oh, yeah, that's out, I should go see that, because I had that AMC thing. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, it's like, oh, it's here digitally. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I know it's an indie movie, and they tend to dump them faster, because they're not, like, yeah, ever coming I just back wish, to theaters. <laughs> I just wish Amazon would get their shit together with Disney movies, you know, because, like, Marvel movies and Solo, it's just like... Yeah, you can try and order it, but um, we're not really going to list it. Like, we're only going to point you towards the digital one. Like, mm-hmm. if you want an actual hard copy, fucking forget about it. We're going to make you go through a European seller or some shit. Like, I, like, oh, I don't understand. Are there rats in that European seller? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand. So I still haven't bought Solo, the 4K disc, just because it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if you guys have it yet. And I don't want to go to Best Buy. I mean, Christ. <laughs> Best Buy. Fuck. Best Buy. The only thing about Best Buy that now pisses me off is like, it used to just be like, yeah, and while we have them, here's uh, Steelbooks that are like the same price as the other one, just limited time. Yeah. Now it's like, hey, that's $6 more if you want yeah, the Steelbook. Yeah, and you it's better like, have pre-ordered it because like, you're not going to fucking get one. Like, like collectors snap that shit up. Like all of them. Because I, I know Nobbs talked about it. Like he, he buys tries to buy everything steelbook if he buys it because he's still like me 10 years ago where it's like i must have the physical edition of every movie that comes out sure. but he's like he's said he's been in line and you'll see guys with like six seven eight copies of the same movie this uh talk about all ner- steelbook talking about nerdy shit like i um this why I, I use a movie like disc cataloging application like a little yeah. database thing and one of the reviews was every every tuesday i go and buy all the new 4k discs and I'm usually the first person that has to enter it into your database. And it's like, well, yeah, my guy, if you're buying them on like first day, you know, yeah. it's like, and you're buying everything. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I think about that. Like, 
dude, how much do you fucking spend on movies here? Because like 4K discs day one are like 30 bucks a piece at least. Yeah, and what kind of house do you have? Yeah. Like, like that became my problem. A house made I of 4K Blu-rays. I don't have anywhere to put any of that shit anymore. I'm like, sorry. Like I have a, I have a, a boxes in the closet right. of, of Blu-rays and that's it. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not disparaging new movies per se. I'm not one of those guys. Like I still think there are good movies out there, mm-hmm. but it's like the quantity of shit coming out now that's worthy of owning period much less on fucking 4k is i mean i know they're still releasing some catalog shit but fucking hell dude like what why would you need to buy yeah. that many things like it's a limited medium it's not like when blu-ray came out where it's like yeah blu-ray is everywhere 4k discs are still like very much a niche market thing yeah. you know and it's like what they're putting out it's like dude you yeah, do me, not need to own you know fucking yeah me i'm down to star wars movies and marvel movies yeah. And everything else. Otherwise, unless it's like, all right, they put out Alien again. It's like, yep, I'm fucking yeah. buying another copy of Alien like, or, or The Thing or whatever. I it's guess like, I yep, have to buy another fucking copy the of The Thing. First one to log in, Life of the Party on 4K discs. Well, like today, I saw that <laughs> Step Brothers came out on 4K, and I'm like, really? Come yeah. Does that really... Do we need that? I mean, like, I'm sure yeah. you had like, it. Like studios. Here's how it works. When a new <laughs> format comes out... We want Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. We want Alien movies. Mm-hmm. We want Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, they don't have a 4K Indiana Jones yet, do they? I don't think so. Is, we, there, a, and is there a 4K Fifth Element? Yes. yes. Okay. We're, yeah, yeah, that was Star Wars, gotta have that one. That was Star early. Wars Digital, they still want like $90 for the original yeah. movies. We want most of the catalog of James Cameron, Ridley Scott, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> these are the people that we want. Like, yeah. The James Bond movies. Yeah. These are the things we want in 4K or whatever new thing first. Please yeah. do those first and then you can fill it in. Yeah. With, I have know, my 50th anniversary Bond set and I may just have to leave it at that. Yeah. It's a good set. That, like, that, that, that set's gorgeous. That is still like one of the best design book, you know, yeah. package things for movies that i've ever seen well and that thing is is beautiful yes and dr no looks amazing like i just like all those discs look fantastic yeah i was just you know some of like the late 70s early 80s stuff is grainy as shit but that's just because of the era Mm -hmm. but man like those early ones it is a revelation from you know standard def to Mm -hmm. to seeing them like that really just like oh wow yeah i'm gonna have to borrow that box set from one of you guys and watch through again yeah, I'm about uh, and, then, and then I have Spectre just hanging off off to the side. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that came out after. So, was that? Oh no, they put the slot in there for Skyfall. They did. Yeah, yeah. but not because it came out like a month or two before Skyfall. Right, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad they put that slot in. They weren't assholes about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they like they already. It's funny they announced like the okay, uh, Mission Impossible is coming out already because mm-hmm. of course it is. It's been a month and they released the box art for it and everyone's like, you motherfuckers, you just redesigned all the other cases yeah. to look the same. And this one looks nothing like them. What the fuck? I, I just realized <laughs> they could have actually been even less hassles. It should have been incentive. Like you buy this uh, set now and you get a voucher for when Skyfall comes out. We just give it to you. Like remember when people used to do shit like that? Yeah. Like, but, yeah but they, they're, I think they're just like, if you're paying $250 for this set, you're just going to fucking pay 30 bucks to get Skyfall anyway. I, I know, but I'm saying... Which like, is basically what I did. I mean, remember remember Christmas, what, 1977, where we didn't actually get Star Wars toys? We yeah. got vouchers for getting Star Wars toys later? Yeah. You know, I mean, like I'm saying, like... I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either, because I was, like, I less than one. But um, <laughs> so I'm saying, like, we've done things like this before. Where it's like, yeah, we know this isn't... It's 50th anniversary. Skyfall is going to be a big part of that. You know, when it comes out, we will send this to you. Yeah, and I guess after the next one, I'm assuming they'll do a... 25 movies in box set as well. That's the one that I'll buy. If if it's 4K, I'll probably consider it. Well, you got to get the TV first. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm future-proofing everything. Okay. But... 
Yeah. I, I yeah. just, yeah, the, the list of stuff that I actually physically purchase is is dwindling. Now it's oh, more yeah. like, all right, what can I scan a UPC code for on Voodoo? <laughs> the, the, I mean, I've, I bought a f- couple movies in 4K just because like, yeah, I really want that in 4K. But like any other ones I've bought, it's like, oh, there's a deal on that. Okay. Snap that up. You know, like, yeah. I mean, when DVDs came out, I bought every new release. Mm-hmm. The first like year of of DVD. Did you ever buy stuff from DVD Express? Yes. Yeah. And, I, like every and, Tuesday, people at Fox were like, "Hey, wait, what'd you get this week?" Yeah. And I'm like, uh, "I don't know." I have a DVD Express. <laughs> I, I don't remember when I pre-ordered all this. Mousepad. I, I played oh, yeah. the whole like online coupon code game because yep. like in the early years of DVD, holy shit. Yeah. That was amazing. I, I used to be in part of the trading ring, like when mm-hmm. when Montgomery Ward, I think it was, yeah. was selling DVDs, and they like went down to like seven dollars, mm-hmm. and and you know some people are like, oh well, I can get you a copy of Mars Attacks, and mm, yeah, I'll trade you that for you know, God knows what it was, but it was like all the snapper case DVDs. Yep, mm-hmm. we had a fucking trading ring on whatever internet forum that was that I was on. Mm-hmm. God, I hated those cases. Yeah, yeah, they're the worst. They suck. Yeah, they're pretty they're fucking paper too. So. Could God help you if you ever get them like remo- re- you know remotely moist? Yeah, they will warp mm-hmm. and be terrible. Moist. Yeah, but it, more and more, just like the movies anywhere thing has made me just be like, I'm just I should buy everything digital. I should just say fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's just, I, I, I I I keep thinking back to the DVDs I had and realizing like, wow, none of the shit survived the HD conversion. Like none of these things are fucking anywhere, and it's just. Yeah, like, I, I do like have a lot I'm of super f- rare DVDs. I'm right all now. for our digital future, but it only makes sense if it's a if, if it goes out instead of this funneling down mm-hmm. of just well, yeah. And now it's iTunes just the removing, fifth element again. You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> if if people removing like getting stuff removed from iTunes, yeah. that they've purchased. Yeah, which did you? There was a big stink about that a little while back, and then the, did you hear the after story of it? Mm-mm. So there was a guy that was like. He said like he had like three movies or TV shows or something removed from his iTunes oh, account. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, he, and like Apple was like, sorry about that. Here's like $20 credit of iTunes. And he's like, the fuck? That's your answer. And then it come, you know, come to find out he moved countries. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, geez. so it was like it was available in one and not the other. And it, it, it delisted it. But as soon as he signed into the other, you know. Yeah, because it wasn't available. It wasn't. And it was had like no rights there. OK, guy, you know, like yeah. you're going to have to understand there's some restrictions, but. I, I feel like if if they want people to go to the all digital future, first off, everyone needs to embrace something like movies anywhere. You know, like everyone needs to play the movies anywhere game and just be mm-hmm. like, look, buy it on whatever fucking service you want, and it'll come over to the other ones. And then they need to put in some sort of clause of like you are buying this in perpetuity. Like you know, like we are yeah. not going to you remove this, or and, or or they're going to do the, like the Steam delisting thing. Like, well, you if you have it, you can continue, to, but you just, we're just not going to sell it going forward. Yeah. That, I mean, they need to make that contract with people, and then. I think more yeah, people because be, you just can't count on streaming. Right, you can't. In streaming, you absolutely cannot count on in any way, shape, Like, or like form. people, what was, um, I know Voodoo's Walmart, but what was their fucking music service before that that got pulled oh. out? And they were just like, sorry if you bought anything on here, it's fucking going away. Yeah. Like, I, I think, like, know. I think they relented in, like, the last month. They were like, you could download DRM free copies of it. But, like, at, at, when they first said they were shutting it down, it was just like, sorry if you yeah. spend any money here, I you're fucked. The, the, the other thing that, I mean, I, I kind of understand it, but it also kind of pisses me off for like just consumer choice kind of thing is that now that now that Xbox is part of the movies anywhere thing, yeah. I, I now go into the movies deals every week to see what's on sale mm-hmm. and I look through all their stuff and occasionally there's mm-hmm. something like this bundle makes sense. I'll get that. Yeah. But then I realized that the that the deals on digital movies are the same on every site every week. 
Yeah. iTunes deals are the same. Voodoo deals are the same. Xbox deals are the same. It's all this. There's no. I can get this on here and I get this deal over here. It's like it's all the same everywhere. And that fucking sucks. I wonder if the movie studios kind of cracked down and said, uh, you can only put this as a deal. You know, if we say so, you can only discount the price. Yeah, but make deals with different people. Like, just let me have different. Let me, it doesn't. I don't think it benefits them to do that, though. I just I, I think it's dumb for all of the things to have the same deal. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. that just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Because, I mean, like, when Xbox and PlayStation have their weekly things, it's not like Ubisoft has a sale on both. It's always like, this week it's a Ubisoft sale on PlayStation, but Xbox has fucking Activision or, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I was hoping everyone was going to hop in the line after Apple and say, like, yeah, if you you own the movie, we're just going to upgrade it. You know? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's another thing they could do to push people and just be like, yeah, if you had an HD copy, we know it's new. You know, we're into 4K world now. You just have it. You, you bought a digital license, you know, when 8K comes out, we're going to give you that, too. I just need Paramount and Lionsgate to fucking buy in on this shit already. They really do. Yeah. They're killing me. Yeah. Because Mission Impossible, I have one, two, three, and five on Vudu, mm-hmm. and I have four on iTunes, mm-hmm. and they don't talk to each other. No. Yeah, the, well, that set I bought recently, that doesn't obviously include five, or, you know, new one's six. I had to think about that. So, like, whatever set, like, I got them, and they, they went right into iTunes and gave me 4K copies. So, just saying, like, that, you, I'm sure you could snap that set up cheap now because they're probably mm, trying to. Oh, yeah. When it they, was still over 40 bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And now they're just packaging the new one with all of them. So, but uh, if, I mean, if you just went, like, that, that Fast and Furious set that was the tire, mm-hmm. that thing dropped, like, super fast. Yeah. Because yeah. that was, like, only one through seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anytime they add a new movie to the series, those those bundles drop like really, really low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, BJ, what did you see? Um, I watched two movies, uh, one that I had seen before and one that I hadn't. Um, I watched Event Horizon, 1996's, 97's. I'm not sure if I've seen that. You, should... <laughs> <laughs> you get me every time. <laughs> um, Something in my brain. That is... So you had not seen Events of Her? No, I had seen it. Okay, all right. Um, But I saw it probably shortly after it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, I I didn't remember a fucking thing about Event Horizon, and that movie is both weirder and less weird than I remembered it. Also, 90s as fuck. That intro, uh, the music is by some dude and Orbital, and it's like... (laughs) With that... I, I don't I don't know the typeface, but you know the typeface when you see it from mm. every fucking. You're like, oh, this came out in the nineties, <laughs> right? This came out in the late nineties. Of course it did. Mm-hmm. And man, that nineteen ninety seven CGI does not age well, my friends. Yeah, mm, not very well at all. And there's a lot of shit that really did not need to be CGI back then. Mm-hmm. And boy, did they do it anyway. But. They also really went for it on uh, the abyss, like water technology. Whenever they could use that, they were fucking all over it. And that still looks pretty good. Yeah. But um, it also seemed boy. like they tried to kill the cast a lot, like with explosions on set and yeah, stuff. Yeah. There was a there was a huge like entire hallway, entire massive hallway full of explosions scene. That's like that guy's going to die. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yikes. And man, Sam Neill going for it. Really fucking going for it in that movie. Mm-hmm. I 
Now, is that the Paul W. S. Anderson movie? Is it? Uh, yes. Did he do that? Yes. Okay, that's the one everyone is like. That's the good. That's his is that best the film. only good one? That, some of the I... others are fine. Is it but... good? Yes. Is Event Horizon good? Yes, it is. Well, is I'm it... speaking of someone who hasn't seen it in ten years, but as someone okay. who for ten years sang its praises and said you need to see Event Horizon, I still maintain it's good. Now it's. I want you to go back and watch Event uh, Horizon and tell me whether you think it's good or not. Okay. I mean, it's. It's trust. It's like ninety minutes, isn't it? And you can feel like a lot of something has been cut out of it because it's of that era of no, this is too weird and gross, and you must cut it all. Because like when they watch the tape of whatever the fuck happened, like I so I just oh yeah, I just love the premise that the space the spaceship went so fast it went to evil place. <laughs> it just went where there's pure chaos, <laughs> right? And pure chaos and brought, just means it, you turn inside out and then you try to eat your friends. <laughs> right. It brought insanity back from space, right? right? I don't know. Where you get hands in your eyeballs and you just you, right. Your, your own skin hands falls your off. <laughs> your skin falls off in stylish strips. Right. <laughs> um. <laughs> See, I see. I don't think I don't think Event Horizon is a good bo- movie. I, I think it is an enjoyable bad movie, as in One to Five Robot Jocks. I think going so but, fast that everyone goes crazy <laughs> is fucking great. Yeah, but that's that's an enjoyable bad movie, as in One to Five Robot. Uh, okay, One to Five Jocks. Fine. I don't, I, I don't think it's an actual good good movie. Maybe that was my gateway into bad movies are awesome. <laughs> it must be because it's fun as shit. Like yeah. dumb shit happens, explosions, creepiness, bad CGI, mm-hmm. Sam Neill going out of his mind um prodigy orbital well prodigy's at the end the end credits are is that yeah prodigy okay yeah. that's the prodigy i'm oh, sorry it said music by or- orbital and other guys so i just assumed okay. all of the <laughs> music was <laughs> was orbital so that's what it sounds like <laughs> That is honest to God what it sounds Mackie, back me yes. up on this. It's what music, music by the like. Tasmanian Devil. Sounds about right. Michael Kamen, just so Jens doesn't go crazy going, oh yeah, sorry, Jens. Other guy. So after we watched the like lunatic space movie, we wanted to go as far in the other direction as possible and watch a uh, f- still fictional but as realistic as uh, as we felt possible at the time uh, space movie and we watched The Martian and ah, yes The Martian is a slightly action- more realistic <laughs> slightly yeah <laughs> um, The Martian is a good ass movie I had never seen The Martian before yeah I kind of love The Martian um, and that's a good movie Somehow the copy that we were watching uh, was like 480p, and that movie still looks fan-fucking-tastic, because a lot of that shit is super practical, and it just looks right. Everything about that movie looks really good. That's actually one that Um, the the, both versions, the the theatrical and the director's cut, are both good. Like, I... Ooh, I don't know if we saw the theatrical or director's. Yeah. I don't know because I mean it's significantly longer, but like that movie is paced such that like it didn't feel like the oh this is longer and I know why this is cut. It's like they're both solid. Like it's I can't even say watch one or the other. They're they're just both good. It felt like a long movie, mm-hmm. and I don't really remember the you know the the running time of the one that we watched, but it felt like a long movie. But it never felt like 
punishingly long. It mm-hmm. didn't feel like we were, you know, struggling to make it through. But um, that movie looks good. It is good. Everything about it, I liked. Um, I I like it for many of the same reasons I really liked Apollo 13, and that is solving problems in space mm-hmm. by sciencing the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And people putting aside their differences yes. to work through all of it. Yep. Yeah. And not like losing perspective and being like, well, I'm not working with him. You know, there's right. like none of that sort of bullshit yeah, in that movie. Like everyone, get your shit together. Let's solve this problem. Right. Yeah. And I also, they do. I really like how the Mad Max collection and the Martian line up and look like the same continuation of a cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they do. <laughs> We're looking at the, the, the shelf the, yeah, of the the movies over yeah. here. Yeah. But um, yeah, the Martian is the shit. Uh, you should watch it if you have not already. Um, I did not know Donald Glover is in the Martian. Yep. I was like, fuck yes, Donald Glover. There's a fuckload of people in that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those movies where it's just like, it doesn't give you opening credits, so it's just like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> Who's, why is this person in this? Yeah, it waits 230 minutes to give you credits, so. Yeah. Or however many minutes it is. But yeah, I really like that movie. Like, I, 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 I am such a sucker for, you know, realistic feeling sci-fi shit, where it's just like, yep, this feels like where we will be in a short period of time. And it's, well, it's so weird to me that Ridley Scott made that and then made such a misanthropic thing as Alien Covenant a yeah. couple years later. That is weird because that because is... Because, like, Martian is all optimism about is, humanity. Yeah, humanity is awesome. If we get our shit together, we can do awesome things. And then Alien Covenant's like, nah, fuck humanity. They just all deserve to die. Well, some and things I hope happened. they burn in hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your your worldview could change over the course of that wow. year. It, it changed quick for him. Uh-huh. Very clearly. Yeah. 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 What's the uh, other space movie uh, recently that was not Interstellar? Gravity. Gravity. There is a there is a thing I have a problem with from Gravity that I have a similar problem with in The Martian, and they're both towards the end. Some very unlikely things. Oh, sure, yes, yeah. That, that when it gets sci-fi as fuck, where it's just like, mm, no, <laughs> yeah. Well, not even sci-fi. It just gets a little action movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, little action movie. Goofy. Like it was almost science fact for a while, and then it's like, oh no, it's a movie. We got to do a crazy shit. You know, and it's yeah. like, uh, right, all right. Yeah, I know exactly. I wanted them to problem solve their way through yeah. that, as opposed to um, just S- Star Trek their way out of it. <laughs> not even that. It's like you know, Fast and Furious or Mission Impossible their way out. Mm-hmm. Like, no, let's let's figure this out like. The science way, not the mm. woohoo, not the Armageddon way. Yeah. So, but other than that, it's great. You should watch it. Like I've said three times already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And that's all I got. You got one more thing we need. What's that? Unless Mackie has some things we need. I got a couple of emails. Okay. Oh, Say. we got emails. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All uh, right. Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first one up is from Chris from Kentucky. This one's called Mr. Wright. It says, hey, guys. Hey. Just wanted to drop a recommendation for a movie from 2015 called Mr. Wright. Somehow this movie has flown under the radar, despite featuring Sam Rockwell as an assassin who falls for Anna Kendrick. It also features the great Tim Roth and Riza as bad guys. Not sure if it's bad enough to be a Bamcast worthy, but it's worth watching either way. It's better than American Ultra, at least. Mm. Crash and Burn, Chris from Kentucky. I've never heard of Mr. I, Wright remember vaguely hearing about that and then it just vanishing so the one where he's got like a clown nose on the cover or something? yep yep <laughs> sure is so in other words sold poorly yeah but usually all you have to say is sam rockwell i'm like yeah let me sign up for that oh max landis wrote it oh that's why yeah that'd be 
So it qualifies for a bad movie. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Zing pow. <laughs> World star. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> 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 All right. Plot keywords. Hitman. Clown nose. <laughs> those are the plot keywords. There's more, but those are the okay. first two. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'd watch that. I remember still. this coming out, but I don't remember where it came out. Probably a movie theater. I think it came out either right before or right after Max Landis. Mm-hmm. Totally Maybe. turned into a himself. shithead. Yeah. 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 Or, or revealed that he was a shithead, right. most likely. <laughs> it's usually how it goes. So, anyway. Mm hmm. Different one from Nils. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, hi, Nils. No. Uh, this is a <laughs> film theory question. Oh, well, we are the right people. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm out. ask us. Uh, <laughs> greetings, casters. Nils from Southern Utah here. Last weekend, I was looking around on Tubi TV, a free ad-based streaming service that has a surprising amount of BMF films on it, mm-hmm. and I came across BMX Bindits, which I've been meaning to rewatch since you covered it. Bindits. Well, watching the bumbling henchman's less than effective actions trying to get the radios from the kids, it put the gears in my mind turning. It got me wondering, is incompetence the greatest driving force in film? If in Gremlins, Billy gets a pet and properly cares for it as he was instructed to, how many people don't die? If in Return of the Living Dead, the guys in the warehouse do the work they're supposed to just be doing and don't go poking around barrels full of toxic gas, or the scientist who thinks taking the DNA from the most vicious dinosaurs and mixing them together to make a super killing machine is a good idea. Clearly, it's not the only driving force in any film plot, but it is definitely one of them. Do you think this hypothesis holds water? And what are your personal opinions of the greatest film plots, BMF movies or other, caused by catastrophic stupidity? Crash and burn, nils out. Well, speaking of holding water, Billy actually did okay. It was Corey Feldman. Yeah, it was fucking Corey Feldman that got Gizmo wet. Yeah. And then it was the gremlins that changed the clocks. Yes. Yeah, Billy was all right. Yeah, Billy did fine. Billy's mistake was trusting Corey Feldman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Jurassic Park was hubris more so than incompetence. Oh, I think he's more referring to Jurassic Park sequels, more in the Jurassic World media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, the like, original that was seems just to like, still be hubris. Well, he was like, saying like actually like trying to make killing machines. They were just trying to make dinosaurs. Yeah, which I guess I in, think that in, is hubris as well. Like, sure, uh, we yeah. can fucking do it. We can make giant killing yeah. machines that won't kill things. Let's make the a way dinosaur that can camouflage itself. Yeah, right. and also is fucking murder machine. Right. Mm-hmm. What That'd could go sweet. wrong? Yeah. But I mean, like, we'll The Lost it. World is just Julianne Moore going to the island to take pictures and getting stuck there. Mm-hmm. And so they recruit Jeff Goldblum to go get her. Yeah. And then they meet up with the hunters. I mean, th- nothing really goes wrong there except yeah. that people who shouldn't be there are there. I would I would say... <clears throat> however, I would say the driving force of stupidity is more a trope of kid-based movies because... There's some unspoken social contracts of not harming kids. And so you have to make any sort of henchmen, danger people inherently stupid. Home alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't, they, I mean, obviously out, you know, most adults can outwit kids, you know, and yeah. so it doesn't become a thing that you can actually have a movie based around. Well, I mean, every Bond movie where the Bond villain doesn't just shoot James Bond in the head. Sure. And Hubris. instead, I guess that yeah. kind of is, yeah. but. But I, I think the, the specifically the bumbling henchman thing is 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 a byproduct of appealing to kids because another thing that will appeal to kids is kids all kids think you know, adults are stupid and so when they get that wish fulfillment played out on film kids enjoy it because they think that everything we do is boring and stupid so we're just you know they haven't had the soul crushing weight of life actually affect them <laughs> yet I I will say most 
most romantic comedies where something goes wrong in the middle to where the woman gets very angry at the dude and the dude has to spend the rest of the movie fixing it, Mm -hmm. even though like a sentence of dialogue would have fixed the weird misunderstanding right from the get go. That's the cinema trope I fucking hate. Yeah. Is not saying something just to fucking fix something. Yeah. That drives me up the goddamn Well, yeah, like Lost would have lasted a season and a half if people had actually talked to each other. Right. And told everyone things like like what was happening. But Mm -hmm. everyone has to like, yeah, that 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 trope bothers me more as well, where keeping secrets yeah well yeah we're we're just like or not just imparting basic information that makes sense yeah even worse yeah. even worse is like the i'm so busy i don't have the time to talk to you thing and it's like no you're going to endanger the entire mission if you don't tell me basic information right mm-hmm. you know like yeah like maybe telling the other people that are being hunted by a predator that it hunts by infrared and can sense the heat in your body so it doesn't matter mm-hmm you know, maybe telling the rest of the crew that, even though you've known that all your life, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just, just, just thought. Yeah. But yeah, I, but as far as like movies were with stupidity, the best movies find ways to force characters to have to make the stupid decision, like Ricochet. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but like, okay. like, like, think about Alien. Like Sigourney Weaver makes the correct decision, and says we can't let him back on the ship with that thing on his face, mm-hmm. and the captain overrides her because his friend will die if he doesn't. Right. Like that's when, yes, that's a stupid decision, but it's also, you know, you you find a justification for the stupid decision. Mm-hmm. It's the stupid and that's decision when the best that movies work that you could see yourself making if you're in that situation. Yeah. Even though it's objectively the wrong decision mm-hmm. subjectively you you would probably make that if you were make that decision if you're yeah. in the same in the, in the yeah same if your if your buddy was like okay we have to leave him outside the ship for 24 hours like, you know no. he's gonna die he's like no we'll 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 figure this out you know or or you know if you can look at it as ash actually lets them in because ash wants him to be let in yeah or yeah. i mean you can even backtrack and realize that John Hurt made the stupid decision by going, oh, let me look in this thing. Mm-hmm. That was the incompetence was yeah. just like, let me stick my face in this opening alien egg. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, to horror that point, movies, I think a lot, yeah. a lot of horror movies. Sure. Incompetence is the driving factor. Yeah, I yeah. think that's probably the genre where it's most impactful. I have no problem with it being the um, the thing that gets the plot rolling. What I have a problem with is like continued and, you know, like continually making the worst decisions. Kind of like tonight's movie, where it's like at multiple times, it's like just get the fuck out of the house, yeah, go, go to the, the hotel, hotel. Yeah. wait for a goddamn exterminator, or yeah. just set the fucking place on fire because at this point it's a goddamn murder rat. Yep. So you know, and I remember being mad at Prometheus for dudes just running around without their helmets on, breathing in alien bullshit. But then I saw Alien Covenant, where they just land on a planet they haven't even bothered to scan mm-hmm. and take off their helmets and are just like, "This is great," and they just breathe in all the shit that murders them. I'm just like. You people are fucking stupid. And I yelled at that movie for 20 straight minutes and then I lost all interest because they were so incompetent. It was the only way to get the movie rolling, mm-hmm. but no one in their position would have done that. Nobody. Yeah. So. And I think the best movies come, you know, the best stupid decisions, so to speak, come from characters that think they're making the right decision mm-hmm. because they don't have the information that the that the viewer has. Yeah. The viewer knows, oh, no, you can't open that door. It'll let blah, blah, blah out. Mm-hmm. But the character goes, you know, well, yeah. What's back there? You know, like like you think about like Evil Dead remake. There's a book that's bound with barbed wire around it. That's like, do not open. This will kill you. Right. And the guy's like, let's check this out. Well, <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. You know, and it's like, all right, yeah, you're fucking dead now. Good do job. Not read the Latin. 
yeah. I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the human flesh book yeah. wrapped in barbed wire, mm-hmm. written yeah. in blood. Yeah. Might as well read what it says in there, right? Yeah. That's, that's why I always kind of point to that movie, Executive Decision, the, the Kurt Russell, Steven Seagal movie, mm-hmm. in that a lot of shit goes wrong in that movie, but not because of any one's bad decision. It is it, it is unexpected consequences of someone trying to do the right thing, mm-hmm. trying to do the thing they think is going to work like none of the the, the stakes keep raising in that movie. And no, none of it happens because someone on the team is an idiot. They haven't like brought on the one guy who's a coke addict and he's a replaced a last minute replacement for Johnson mm-hmm. who got sick. And so they had no choice but to bring in the, the bomb expert who's a fucking mental patient. Like that's not the case at all. They're all mm-hmm. extremely competent at what they're doing. It's just that the situation is so out of control that, you know, it, it, it just keeps getting away from them because it is a crazy fluid situation. Mm-hmm. That's why I always point to that movie, because it's not stupid behavior that ro- moves the plot. It's unexpected consequences. Mm-hmm. And that's the best kind of movie, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Die Hard. Like, yeah, that was just some dudes were going to do some bad shit. He was in the wrong place at the right time or the right place at the wrong time. Yep. You know, but mm-hmm. yeah. That's what yeah. I mean. That's that's why that's a fucking great movie. It's like yeah. So you could your 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 story should be circumstantial, not like your main character should not be the the catalyst for why thing happens really, unless mm-hmm. it's a redemption story, you know. And then it's like yeah. you know correcting your own hubris kind of thing, you know. And the thing that always impresses me about Die Hard every time I go back and watch it is that the little things that you think you don't remember and then explain the stupid parts, like why he's barefoot and stuff yep. like that. He, everyone he kills, he tries on their shoes yep. and they don't fit. <laughs> yes. And he rummages through. He even says, like, why do all these Germans have or terrorists have tiny feet? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he ne- he keeps trying to get shoes. That's not the issue. And he also rummages through every person he kills to get whatever they've got. Mm-hmm. And he uses it somehow like movies. I don't understand how that genre got it right on its first entry. And then everything that came after it was just fucking dumb. Mm hmm. Yeah, watching people pick up guns and then just throw them away yeah. once the once they've emptied the clip. Yeah, yeah, they just missed the point. They only yeah. caught the big shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Martian, the whole like premise of that movie is somebody making the smart decision, which turns out to be turns out to not necessarily be the best decision that could have been made. If a de- if different decisions had been made, things would be fine. But they made the smart decision based on the information that they had at the time to do the most good for the most people, you know, in that in that bad situation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as I was watching that, I was like, yes, that's you're making the right decision. Mm-hmm. You have done the thing that you should do. You're not doing the you're not doing the stupid movie thing where somebody gets all fucking brave and you know throws away everything else for a chance to be to do one small thing Mm -hmm. like you're doing the right thing in that situation and it turns out some bad shit happens because of it but Mm -hmm. in that moment you've done you've done the best you can and i i really appreciate that uh, along the lines of that if like if, if everyone's going to make the dumb decision quote unquote you know as far as your own personal safety is involved mm-hmm. like make the heroic sacrifice thing i fucking love scenes where it's like they go around it's like anybody that's not in speak up and then you know everybody steps forward like i'm in i'm in i'm in mm-hmm. you know like that 
Fuck yes. Yes. I love that shit. Like, mm-hmm. well, that's always a really, like, yeah. fucking feel-good well, moment. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, the, it's the, you know, the Rock and Vin Diesel, you know, like, we're on the same team until we take mm-hmm. down this fucker. It's, like, those kind of moments where it's, like, yeah, fuck all our other past differences. We're, we're, we're going to do the shit. Yeah. yeah. Love that shit. Well, there's that there's that moment in, in The Martian mm-hmm. later. Yeah. Perfect. I, I love the movie Hard Eight. I know people want to call it Sydney, but that's not the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but... There is a thing that happens in the second act that kicks off the events of the third act that couldn't happen without this thing that happens in the second act. It's a decision that Gwyneth Paltrow makes, and it is the stupidest fucking thing that could have possibly happened in that movie. Like, she makes a decision that makes no fucking sense, except that it was the only way to get the third act rolling. Mm-hmm. And it it infuriates me every time it happens because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, like she's a hooker, right? Mm-hmm. And she gets married to John C. Riley, mm-hmm. and then like that night, she's like, "I'm gonna go hooking," and that sets off. The, it's yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? Like that was you no, know, th- you got married to not do that anymore. Why six hours later are you in this situation? That doesn't make any sense. And the movie's just like, well, this is what we had to do, and it's yeah, like, man. hooker's got a hook. Yeah, well, you think about like uh, the mo- <laughs> she's hooked on it. Yeah. Like I think about that. There's a lot of comedies where that happens. Like the movie sure. movie Neighbors. I remember like they resolve the conflict oh, halfway yeah. through that movie, and then suddenly it just and then like, suddenly nope, they're they like, no, nope, we got to find a way to restart <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. It, you know, to keep the movie going. I, I think Step Brothers to an extent does that as well, where it's just like, yeah, we kind of figured everything out, and then nope, nah, let's let's just keep this ball rolling for a while. You know, yeah, Step Brothers goes in a direction that's real good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, like, like that one pays off. Yeah. But, you know, we're, whereas Neighbors are just like, all right, here's more shenanigans, yeah. you know. Or somebody, like that thing where somebody gets back on their bullshit for mm-hmm. no fucking reason. Oh, the, the, the Bad News Bears that. movies are fucking great at that because it's a bunch of little shitty kids who suck at baseball. Then they learn how to play baseball and they win. And then they forget. And then the next one, they're like, oh my God, we suck. We don't know how to play mm-hmm. baseball. It's like, the fuck! <laughs> yeah. You figured it out in the last movie. Well, how many how many Mighty Ducks movies did they make? Weren't they the same kids? Yeah, Quack. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, I know the stakes kept going up until eventually, like, weren't they fight, playing in the fucking Olympics or yeah, some I shit? They were, yeah. yeah, I haven't seen any of the Mighty yeah. Ducks movies. Oh, probably should. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I just i I think the best stupid decisions come from the way the characters developed. You know, like think about Avengers: Infinity War. There's a character who makes a really stupid decision that fucks everything up, mm-hmm. but it is totally in line with what that character would do. Yes. A, and it's totally one of those subjective situations where, from the outside, it's the dumbest possible thing you can do. Yeah, sure. But yep. But in that character's that guy, experience, it's like yeah. I have to do this. But you, yeah. you, but you, you empathize with somebody. If if somebody, I don't generally. I mean, they are. If you look at it completely logically, but um, an emotional decision is not necessarily a dumb decision. It's mm-hmm. it's it's spur of the moment. You know, like put yourself in their shoes and be like, yeah, I could see why you might lose control and make a, a bad decision at that point in time. Those I feel are acceptable. But I think specifically what they were talking about was kind of like the, you know, the Fratellis, you know, like yeah. that, that, like, you know, oh, what parents are, or kid, you know, adults are stupid and they can't outwit it as kids. We're so much smarter. Mm-hmm. And that's just purely a, you know, a, you know, pitching to your audience there, mm-hmm. you know, like, yep, kids yeah. think the parents are dumb. And mm-hmm. so if we make a whole movie about that, eh, they're going to like that. Yeah. Guys. Guys. I think if you set up that emotional decision properly, mm-hmm. then it's no problem. A lot of the time, it's not set up. You know, yeah. They just throw it out there like, oh, it's yeah. just a brash decision. I'm crazy guy. I, I or, do a crazy or the, thing or right that now. shit was in the script, and then it just got taken out. And 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I again, I don't, I don't want to keep pointing back to the Predator, but like, I know Shane Black is a good enough screenwriter that a lot of that shit made sense. And then when you took out the context for it, by the time it shows, it was like, wait, the fuck? Yeah. You know, where we're like, there's just little things like in uh, Nice Guys, like yeah. he literally had the. They mentioned how his ex-wife was British, only because they weren't quite sure if the the daughter who. Yeah played it was british yeah Andrew if, if she would have an accent or not yep. mm-hmm. so like little things like that just get thrown in because it's like all right we, let's have a justification for that like mm-hmm. yeah if she slips out of accent let's have a reason why yeah you know L- like just little things like that so it's like i know that that didn't get fucked up but like there's so many screenwriters that you know their script was like all right this builds on this builds on this and right. this point leads to this and then like when you take one of those things out suddenly it feels like that come came out of nowhere, you know, mm-hmm. just like what, like tonight's movie, like that him almost hooking up with the secretary is like yeah. that came out of nowhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure there was stuff in the script where it was like, oh, yeah, they got flirty after this or whatever. You know, they're working late one night and something happened, you know, like that sort dropped, of stuff is in there. Yeah, they dropped the barest hint of it in yeah. the actual movie because there's like. Well, he's kind of the touchy, way she like, he's oh, like he pulls he, the thread off. Well, he's when like, he pulls you know, the thread and her, the way yeah. that she like is talking to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they, but they're also talking like little, '80s co-workers. Like, yeah. everyone was just weird and flirty. There's just and, a touch of it. Yeah, but you can tell that they that if they had intended to do it at all, uh, it got cut for some reason. Yeah, because they probably needed more business talk time. Yeah, so so who knows how many? <laughs> yeah, who knows how many movies seem stupid that the script? You know, the guy who wrote the script is like, no, fuck you. There's a this is because of this, and they cut that out. So you never knew about that. Screenwriters should be able to come out and do a Q&A after a movie. They really out. should, like, yeah. No, this is not my fault. This got I, cut. Look, look, it's right here. It's mm-hmm. uh, Here's the explanation. Here's the big red X through all of it. Yeah. My favorite parts of the movie are the 30 or 40 minutes that got cut. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh, uh, sick burn. No, no. I, just, I don't. Did you see that interview? Yeah. Anybody, that was so good. <laughs> well, I didn't watch the interview. I just heard the, the sound bite. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, probably I hope go. so. We you sure we got an twenty minutes yeah. on it. Yep. So <laughs> you got your money's worth, pal. Yep. You know what else they can do if they want to get their money's worth? Uh, donate to Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash BMFcast. That was the right one, wasn't it? It was. Yes, nailed it. <laughs> but if they can't donate, right, they can do something just as good. Uh, tell they a can friend. tell a friend. They can visit us on iTunes and leave a review. Yeah. Yeah. Spread the word in any way. If you have friends, tell them about us if you think they might enjoy us or write reviews places. Yeah. Share us. If you have on the massive, media. yeah. If you have the massive Twitter following that none of us have. Mm-hmm. Right. Are you on Twitter? We are at BMFCast. Yeah. Are you on Facebook? We are BMFCast, Bad Movie Fiends Podcast. You can spread the word about us and mm-hmm. it will help us almost as if you had handed us hot hard cash mm, yep. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and you can watch us on youtube live you streams can. every episode mm-hmm. yep usually wednesdays usually 9 30 yep youtube.com slash bmf cast and lastly but not leastly if they want to get in touch with us bmf at bmfcast.com yes or or the long the long dormant the garfield phone 910 jocks bmf 910 Garfield has been lonely as fuck for a while. So somebody give us a call. We will. We did have a call, but it was from the guy who wrote us about pooping on a train. So, <laughs> so we didn't play that, that voicemail, but oh, he, why didn't somebody, we? 
I, I just forgot about it. It Poopy. was so long ago. Poopy. Oh, but yeah. Besides, I wanted to tell the poop story more. So okay, so it's the same story, just we got it in Mackie uh, voice. Okay. Well, I'll go back and listen to it. But yeah, give us a ring. Let us know what's on your mind. Call us from uh, the road, or call us from a transatlantic shipping vessel in your merchant marine life, or whatever the fuck is going yes, on. Yes, please call us on your sat phone and use all those <laughs> precious minutes. Please. Hey, it's only like four hundred bucks a minute. Yeah, that's all. Yes. I don't know. Or record an MP3, uh, you know, and send it to bmf at bmfcast.com. Yeah, send it over the shortwave. Beep, right. beep, 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 beep. Or visit us at bmfcast.com, just the regular old website, and see how we're doing, and check out all our links and shit. Yeah, sign our guest book. <laughs> right. Make yeah. that little counter at the bottom, tick up one. Yeah. Right, right. Scroll all the way to the bottom for the web ring. Mm-hmm. The web ring. The bad movie web the ring. Weeb- we bring, web ring. We bring everybody together. Web ring. We bring everyone <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here, shall we? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And this is Banffcast Out. We will see you next time.